0: Two guys, two topics, two opinions. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Donovan Mitchell off the bounce three over LeBron. Switch. Switch. Donovan right side, guarded by Crusoe immediately turns the corner, drives, hangs in the air, off the window and in! Donovan Mitchell will buy one, he'll get one free. What a quarter. 20 for Donovan in the game, 13 in the quarter on five of six shooting. Waiters drives left side, kicks out to Davis, three ball, good. Yeah, and the Lakers are spreading it out right
1: now, 78-71. Jazz within six, 45 seconds left, Anthony Davis through the leg, step back three, over Gobert and he hit! And foul. Holy cow, he's 6'10".
0: As Lee Jenkins wrote in Sports Illustrated, God made him when he got bored after creating Kevin Durant.
1: Wow. Jazz uh, lost to the Lakers last night, Gordon, 116-108. to A loss is a loss, I get that. The Lakers are are a better team uh, than the Jazz, but they played a lot better last night than they did uh, on Saturday.
0: They did play better, and that was brought up quite a bit in the postgame, but I'm not really sure (laughs) – I uh, yeah. What uh, I mean? What are we gonna do next? To uh, hand out uh, trophies for everyone? Otter pops? I mean,
1: um. No, but I think, I think you saw some things that uh, that you wanted to see. And first um, uh, amongst those, and this ought to be important to you, is Mike Conley played his best game maybe in a Jazz uniform. It's the first time in a Jazz uniform he went twenty and eight.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That is important, but when you have other guys, we've talked about this, and Quinn Snyder has talked about it quite a bit, busting your hump to get those three-point looks, three-point three shots, get good looks. And then when, you're, when you do that, when you do the work and then cannot complete the play, uh, how, that, that's almost as frustrating as not doing anything right.
1: I think the biggest criticism you can make about the Jazz last night, and maybe we didn't talk about this enough on the postgame, uh, was their uh, lack of preparedness for Anthony Davis.
0: Yeah. He's tough. He's tough for them. Well, how are you going to guard him?
1: Right. And especially when he's out on the floor with JaVale McGee at the same time or Dwight Howard at the same time. Yeah. What You know, is, is Royce O'Neal going to be a real – Tough matchup. I mean, they put well, Rudy on. It. busy trying to cover uh, LeBron James, right? And that leaves what? Joe Ingles on JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard or Joe Ingles they did on. Switch
0: Joe they, they, they switched Joe onto LeBron. They
1: they switched. I mean, they threw everything they could at LeBron, and you know, LeBron wasn't the the featured piece last night for the Lakers. It was Anthony Davis, and the the Jazz just didn't really have an answer for him. So, nope. I mean, that that is the main criticism if you want to look at at last night's game you know, specifically, and if they run up against the Lakers in the playoffs, I'm sure they would uh, gladly welcome the challenge of game planning against him again because it likely mean that they would be in the second round. (laughs) Uh, But, I mean, as far as things that we can carry forward into the near future, there were a lot fewer negatives last night than there were Saturday. And you wrote a column about Saturday. That was a scary game because they no-showed and everything was wrong. And yeah, the three point shooting is still not terrific, and and we'll not see terrific. how that. It's not
0: goes. even it's, it's, it's it sucks.
1: Yeah, but if you take out Jordan Clarkson, it's not quite so bad, and and he just can't throw it in the ocean. I mean, he's really struggling. Yeah. There's yeah. there's no doubt about it. I mean, four he was of twenty two from three thus far. One of nine in particular last mm. night. So I mean, th- that's that's a significant bad game. But Donovan Mitchell shot forty percent from three, four of ten. Mike Conley wow. three of nine. I mean, that's not terrible. Uh, you know, uh, there was like a, you, you need more than one of five out of Royce O'Neal. You, need, you certainly need more than one out of four from three from Joe Ingles. And, and we could spend a, a whole, its own segment on Joe Ingles and what's going on with him. But they need more from him. Yes. And he was a turnover machine, and, too.
0: And turnovers. Uh, and how many times do you see Joe when he's got an open look, but he doesn't take the shot? It happens a lot. It does. And I was always told, in observing coaches, they say if you don't take the open shot, it's 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 worse than taking it and missing, in some cases, and especially when you when you're Joe Ingles. That's a, one of the big reasons you're on the floor. Don't double clutch. And that happened a couple times last night, where Joe gave up the open look passed it to someone else, and the ball ended up in somebody else's hands that uh, was a considerably worse shot.
1: Well, this is editorializing for me. I'm not getting this from anywhere. But Joe's being squeezed a uh, a little bit where he was the point guard when Mike Conley was injured, and he was a point guard for a large chunk of the season, and they don't need him in that role. Not not as much as it used to be anyway. And so he he is an unselfish player, but the role they need him to play right now because of who's missing, Bogdanovich, is a selfish role. Huh. They need him to be selfish, and that's not really in his DNA. And so he's he kind of has to go against uh, who he is as a player a little bit. And it's one thing when you're just trying to scrap your way onto the floor, right, like he did at the beginning of his career with uh with the jazz. It's another now where he's he's played a role these last uh certainly this past year, but last couple of years where he's got the ball in his hands and he's running that pick and roll, and that's not exactly what they need from him right now.
0: Yeah. Well, uh it's it it, it it's painful. It's all it's I understand the progress, and I understand uh, certain people wanting to highlight that. But I, 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 if the Jazz are at a point now where they are just hoping to stay close to the better teams or, or they're happy that they're not getting beat by 25 points, that that's a sad state of affairs. Because the Jazz, even back before expectations were what they are now – you know, the Jazz used to on occasion rise up and beat these teams.
1: Actually beat them. Well, who are you talking about being happy? Because I mean I'll tell you what, you listen to the postgame sound. I don't think anybody in that locker room was real happy. No,
0: I suppose not. But I, I have heard some people say and you mentioned that it was better than it was the night before the game
1: before. Which I stand by. What's the matter with thinking that? Well that's fine, except
0: for that's not what they're in the game for. They're in the game to win it.
1: I'm not playing. Uh, that's not. I'm not uh, uh, pretending to speak for the team by any means. So, so uh, be mad at uh, Maya overly optimistic attitude. I don't believe that that's what the Jazz are saying themselves. Well, okay, then, I'll, then I'm criticizing what you're saying. Good. Bring it on. What else is new? <laughs> <laughs> I just gave you a, a list of negatives. And you're going back to the one, uh, me wanting to start off a conversation <laughs> well, no, that's on a positive you, note. And, good, and by the way, you, it's a you fact. You asked me why I, I said that. That was the reason why. And it is a fact that they played better last night than they did on Saturday. That is true. And I do think that there is, to, is some optimism to be taken from Mike Conley playing well last night. I do. I, I think that that he uh, had the performance that the Jazz need out of him. We talked about him returning to, to Memphis Mike status. Well, mm-hmm. there he was. There he was last night, Memphis Mike. That's a that's a real positive when looking forward to the next but game see, against Memphis.
0: See, I understand that. I get that. But the Jazz have to have their star players play like stars, and then they have to have uh, a substantial number number of players step up and be uh, what they're capable of being. The Jazz stars and, and, were not their
1: problem last night.
0: Yeah. Well, it it, it wasn't enough. And it's not going to be enough. And I don't know, you know, if the Jazz end up in in some spot, whatever position they end up with the playoffs, if they go out and lose four straight games by eight points, who's going to be happy with that? Well, but they well play, but they play better than they did against the Thunder.
1: Well, if your standard uh, is is championship or bust with this, not, this Jazz team, then no. then it, no. But it, I'm
0: saying that you gotta you gotta be, be competitive. You gotta win games. I mean, this is this was the fourth best team in the West, right? Now they're were they fifth now, and they're half a game ahead of Oklahoma.
1: Well, they so, they are who they are. I mean, they're they're playing against playoff teams now, and actually, the Jazz record against playoff teams is sub five hundred. Yeah, there's true. there's no more. Uh, uh, there's no more Minnesota Timberwolves. There's no more Atlanta Hawks. There's no more guaranteed Ws anymore in this scenario. You're playing a good team every night, and the other guys are good, too. And in the Lakers' case, they present a really difficult challenge for the Jazz because they're huge. They're huge, and the Jazz are tiny. If your name is not Rudy Gobert, you're you're outmatched from a size standpoint the whole game.
0: I really feel bad for Rudy in that regard because he is pretty much left alone.
1: And against a team like the Lakers, it's any uh, number, or it's it's no question why they didn't have an answer for Anthony Davis. Yeah. I mean, the the guy they're going to defend him with is either Rudy, and you leave Dwight Howard to play against Joe Ingles, or Joe Ingles on on Anthony Davis. Either way, you're getting dunked on. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Then and, and therein lies why why the three pointers are so important because you've got to make up for that disadvantage somehow. Well, and the Jazz didn't see. make their threes. They did not. A large yeah. large part of that was Jordan Clarkson, but they didn't make their threes.
0: Well, it's been uh, it's been the trend over the first three games. Oh, they shoot. They shoot twenty three percent and then twenty five percent and twenty seven percent or something like that. It's just not good enough. That is not a standard. That uh, is good enough for the Utah Jazz. They can't win games shooting from three like that. That's got to be fixed. Those guys have got to hit those shots to give themselves any kind of chance at all against any team.
1: Well, I mean, in the case of Jordan Clarkson... uh, uh, it, it requires psychology because it's not the shots he's taking. There's nobody in the same county as Jordan when he's <laughs> taking most of these shots. I mean, the offense works perfectly and he gets to, you know, take all the time he wants. There's just he's just cold. Uh-oh. And, uh, you know, Gordon, you're a, a baseball guy at heart. You know, love the fills. Batting slumps are a thing. Shooting slumps are a thing. And uh, I don't know, uh, you know, do you you go with some voodoo or something, Gordon? Do you have any any suggestions on how to to break out of a slump? Because Jordan's in one. and and, uh, not just uh, him. Well, true. But in in his case, like uh, Coach Wells was on during the second quarter with Locke for the broadcast last night. And uh, they usually have, what, Austin second and part of the fourth quarter uh, coaches jumping on with the broadcast. And when Coach Wells was on, he was talking about Jordan Clarkson. And he said, we want him to take those shots. We would tell him to take those shots again. He's saying he's not, he, you know, his, his point was he's not taking bad shots and he's Jordan W. Clarkson. So, you know, <laughs> if you get Jordan W. Clarkson with a wide-open three, you want him to shoot it. And nights like last night are tough, but you don't want him to change. You want him to, to be the guy you need him to be. His, his role's critical and so uh, I, I think you're right. There are other guys, George Niang and, and some guys that aren't shooting the ball real, uh, real well. So, you know, maybe it's some team exercise they need to do. But that's that's a tough one because they're just cold.
0: Well, and that, it, but the thing that underscores that even more is the fact that, you know, this is what they've been working on in practice for the past five, six weeks. Because this is no surprise that this is what they have to do. And so they've been working on it. It's been an, an emphasis and yet for naught at this particular point.
1: But isn't that the, and not to get too deep down the rabbit hole, Gordon, and I know you wrote a column about sports psychology at uh, back at the time. So, you know what I'm talking about here. But, uh, it, you know, in my many slumps in my pathetic high school ba- baseball career, <laughs> I mean, I practiced my brains out. And at times, you know, you'd be mashing in BP, but you'd get up there and you you couldn't get the ball in play or couldn't make contact because it's not about practice at some point. It's about putting your head on straight or finding a rhythm or eating the right breakfast. Who knows?
0: I, I've never been able to figure out what it's about.
1: Right. I don't I, I would be surprised if, if anybody truly knew. I'm sure there's some fascinating studies on the subject, but. You know, when a when a putter, when a golfer gets the yips, right? Or or isn't putting? I mean, we've seen we've seen PGA superstars go on years of cold play. You know, what, did they forget how to play golf, or is it something upstairs? Oh, what about uh, what about Andre Agassi, uh, Gordon? He he marries Brooke Shields, and all of a sudden he couldn't win a four five tournament in Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> They get divorced, and all of a sudden he's number one in the world playing in the best tennis of his his career and completes the Grand Slam. Oh, he married
0: Steffi Graf.
1: Well, that was post-career, I believe, but yeah. No, no. no, When they actually got married? I thought so. Uh, But anyway, uh, point being, like, who can explain that? Andre Agassi goes from being the, the number one tennis player in the world to off the tour, his rating was so low, to the best player in the world again, and it has something to do with his love life, I guess. But who can explain that?
0: Yeah, I don't know what it has to do with. Uh, uh, it, it one, somebody told me once an athlete I was interviewing about this very topic. He said, "What you have to remember is that if you are, if you put your if you're good enough to put yourself in a position to choke, uh, then you have to remember that you were good enough in the first place." Yeah.
1: And yeah, I got to Yeah, sorry, go ahead. And, and what I'm
0: saying is that the Jazz are better shooters than what they're showing. I mean, I, before the the stoppage of play, they were a top shooting team in the NBA. And I understand that they had BB with them back then, but still the other guys were contributing too. Yeah. And now the guys are really struggling to, to get anywhere near the rim. So it, it the point is that this has to be corrected, or else the Jazz are going nowhere in the postseason.
1: All right, Gordon, we'll we'll put on your psychiatrist hat, get yourself a plane ticket, get down there, spend some time in isolation, get a few tests, <laughs> get in there, find a couch,
0: <laughs> get a uh, get a, get the meter running,
1: yeah, right, and and really get to work uh, because. You know, the, I, I, you know, long story short, I got to agree with Coach Wells. You know, if you get Jordan Clarkson an open shot, mm. you want him taking it, and he's yeah. got to he's got to figure it out and, and whatever it takes to do it. Uh, like uh, Willie Mays Hayes getting Pedro Serrano fried chicken because he wanted to sacrifice a live chicken. Remember that scene in Major League? Yes. Whatever you got to do, that. yeah. What? What, or what does Coach Kroskoviak do? Uh, uh, sage grass, isn't that or sweet grass? Is that uh, isn't that his thing? Or he'll burn a little sweet grass. I'm he sure Bill it? Walton. I'm sure Bill Walton would have all sorts of suggestions. Wait, do you burn it or do you smoke it? No, no, no. He, he's Larry Chriskowiak is not smoking grass in the in the <laughs> locker room before the game. No, he burns it like like, like incense. Like, like incense, yeah. <laughs> God. Larry Chriskowiak's wrapping up a big old sweet grass cigar. <laughs> <laughs> gonna gonna have a few <laughs> puffs before he goes out onto the floor. Okay, I'm a so sucker you know,
0: for grass. If you were a coach and doing that, you know, taking a few, uh, <laughs> but, but you knew it would help your team win. Would you do it before every game?
1: Smoke a little sweet grass. <laughs> yes. Is it against the collective bargaining agreement?
0: <laughs> I don't. They're not testing for that stuff down in the bubble, are they? I do like the joint. <laughs>
1: Gordon, let's talk a little bit about college football. BYU in an awkward position. And uh, news that came out actually during the pregame show for the Jazz game last night, the Big 12 announced they're going to go to a 9-plus-1 model. Now, there were some reports out there that uh, they were considering adding BYU as a member for this upcoming year and just making it all work out, but that's not the direction that they went. I don't know. How how realistic was that in your mind? Because I— I kind of never really thought that that was a possibility.
0: No, it's it's just one of those things where it couldn't have been more convenient for the Big 12 uh, than it was in this particular case. And yet they still rejected
1: it. See, but there's a really big difference between BYU and Notre Dame. Yeah. BYU and Notre Dame is bringing more to the table to the SEC than they currently have. BYU is bringing less. Well— That's, the, that's been wh- the reason wait, wait, they haven't wait. added BYU the whole why, time. Why, why would
0: BYU bring less than what they currently have?
1: Because they're not worth more than the Big 12 teams currently constituted. They would take more of a piece of the pie than they would I contribute. Whereas Notre well, Dame, the ACC would do literally anything— to get Notre Dame into their league because they have that much value. The Big 12 has passed on BYU thus far because BYU would cost them more than they would make. And Utah lucked out on a weird set of circumstances that that made them more valuable to the Pac-12 than they actually were. The television negotiation and the championship game. And now the championship game isn't even a factor anymore. So Utah was, was... the benefit of some circumstance to get into the Pac-12; those things are working against BYU, right? Yeah,
0: well, Notre Dame would add value like that to any conference, and right. any conference would invite Notre Dame. Man,
1: BYU unfortunately doesn't, so they don't doesn't have that. Doesn't have that. However,
0: if from a convenience standpoint, BYU does have the resources to be a team that could do whatever it is the Big Twelve wanted them to do, as far as keeping players safe and healthy and tested and all those sorts of things. And there's no conference that BYU is attached to. So they could have slipped into that role really easily to fill out that schedule.
1: Well, and one, they, they don't appear to care about uh, consistent testing protocols. And two, uh, they can still do that without making it official. I mean, their universities can go schedule games with BYU. Nobody's, nobody's saying that can't happen
0: right but that would have been that would have been a fairly convenient way and consistent way to have every team in the conference face the same kind of competition
1: well i would be why you can still feel uh, can still fill still fill not fill still but still fill that role <laughs> and, still feel uh, with, and they they don't have to pay them
0: well they do have to pay them as far as you know, whatever their cut would be for playing their teams,
1: they could tell BYU zero, and BYU would still play the game.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure it's quite that desperate, but uh, uh, they will take uh, some money. BYU is trying to play BYU all is those, facing all,
1: playing all UMass three times, right in the face. So <laughs> BYU will, I assure you, will take what they can get. Oklahoma State would say, "We've we've procured you a bus." That is your payment for this game. Now come on out to Stillwater.
0: Here's what BYU should do. They should say
1: we will pay you. It may come to that. <laughs> it, it very it very may come to it well may come to that.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough. BYU keeps getting rejected or left left out, uh, and uh, it's that can't feel good for that football program or that school because if you look at what they've accomplished on the field i think they do deserve a P5 slot but i, I just don't know when and where it's going to come uh, I, I don't see it and uh yeah you told me Utah was really smart they positioned themselves in a good way uh to buddy up next to the the Pac 10 and then the uh then, when that opportunity was there, they were able because of those relationships and other things to be uh, scooped up with that, and that was just smart on their part and Utah had done some nice things on the field in those years leading up to that so uh but I would say b y u from a from a competitive standpoint has shown that it belongs, but nobody wants them they just nobody wants him, and that's That's too bad for BYU. And where that will lead BYU football in the future, I do not know. I don't know whether Independence, wasn't a Bronco Mendenhall, said that it's not sustainable Uh, and and BYU will continue on thanks to ESPN and do those things. But it's uh, for the future, I don't know. They may end up back with the Mountain West. So they may end up in a situation like that. Or, you know, if it is, isn't sustainable. If it is sustainable, then they'll probably just keep on doing what they're doing. But that's a tough road to hoe for them. And that must just feel crappy to know that nobody wants you.
1: Well, and it's, it's unfortunate because BYU fans look at Utah – and say, well, our our brand was worth more than Utah's at the time, which I is a sentiment I would agree with. But because of some ulterior circumstances, Utah got in, and probably a lot of folks say that they were political and that that's unfair. And those folks are probably right too. But fair well, got, but fair, unfortunately, yeah. has nothing to do with it. Yeah, and that's now,
0: just tough. That's tough, tough for you. I mean,
1: and now conferences are in a position where they don't need to expand. The Pac-10 right. felt like it needed to expand. I, you can actually make a really good argument that they didn't and they they shouldn't have but they felt like they needed to and so they expanded and Utah got lucky and Utah got in and now conferences realize wait why would we create more mouths to feed that doesn't sound like a good idea and thus the the big 12 as you so much like to complain about is now only nine teams or 10 teams or whatever it is
0: yeah hey what's one of those numerical weird weird things it's just the big 12 has 10 the big 10 has 14. I uh, we used to think that uh, these conferences would want to consen- continue to expand their kingdoms but it doesn't seem like the Big 12 is really so inclined it might be so inclined if if uh, if a very attractive uh, potential member was there but apparently BYU is not that
1: well BYU is not is not there yet and I unfortunately don't know how to get there if I if I were a BYU fan I'd actually be rooting for the demise of a conference and then in the mad scramble, the scrape-up teams, hope I hope I got included. Yeah, um, yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, that's what it's come to. Stay tuned. We'll have more coming up next. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.